May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So we've come to Palm Sunday, and we're going to just spend a few moments thinking about this uh, sort of opening uh, piece of the, of the story of uh, Jesus last week. I don't know if you're familiar with a, a singer called Imelda May. Ever, ever heard of Imelda May? I'm, I'm not really very good at music and singing and things, but we listen to her in the car sometimes. Uh, and uh, Imelda May has a beautiful voice uh, and sings all sorts of uh, sort of folky, sort of rocky type songs, which are, which are rather wonderful. One of the ones she sings is called Humble and Proud. And uh, if you listen to the words, they are surprisingly Christian. These are just an extract from the song. But you know I'm only human, you created me. Well, I'm humbled by you and thankful, O Lord. I studied your life and your holy word, but I hold my head just a little high because I'm proud that I got on with this given life. And I'll keep on trying till my day is done, so I'm proud and humble. Humble and proud. Yeah, I'm proud and humble. Humble and proud. I want you to see if you can just hold on to those two words as we think about this story. There is no doubt that the arrival of Jesus on a donkey is humble. When kings and queens want to arrive, they generally do so with great pomp and ceremony, don't they? We even see this in the Bible when the Queen of Sheba comes to visit Solomon in the Old Testament. Uh, we're told, arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan, with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. When uh, uh, a president or a, a visiting dignitary comes, they usually come, don't they? With, uh, with great uh, sort of ceremony. If you think of uh, when the President of the United States come and there's huge excitement, isn't there, when Air Force One lands, when King Charles will be crowned in, uh, in May, chances are he's not going to arrive on a donkey. When Jesus chooses to ride a donkey with his followers placing their robes on the ground, cutting branches from, from trees by the side and laying them out like a carpet in front of him, there is something very simple going on here. It is the opposite of what you would expect when a king arrives. It is unostentatious. It is unpretentious. It is simple, spontaneous, humble very much from the ground up this is humble but make no mistake jesus knows what he is doing here jesus is choosing to arrive at jerusalem at a really significant point in the year 
the Jewish people are about to celebrate Passover. That moment of deliverance, of freedom, of liberation from slavery in Egypt. Jesus consciously seems to fulfill this ancient prophecy from Zechariah. Jesus chooses to ride into Jerusalem. Pilgrims don't ride. If they are able, they walk. You might remember the famous picture of General Allenby, a British general in the First World War, on his horse, and he gets to the gates of Jerusalem, and he dismounts and walks in. Then there are the words of instruction that Jesus gives. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them. Then there's the, the voices that cry out, Hosanna to the son of David. David, the great king. David, the one that the people of Israel look back to. Say, he was the one. He was the one who gave us our golden period. And more than that, the Lord has promised that there will be a son of David on his throne forever. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is a humble act. But Jesus knows what he is doing. The king is coming. And having taught and preached and, 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 and enfleshed the kingdom, the king is now coming to reign. To reign in the place where all the kings of Israel reigned from Jerusalem. The crowd knew it. And the people in charge knew it whether they were Jewish or whether they were Roman. And you remember when he does get dragged in front of Pilate, what does Pilate ask him? Are you the king of the Jews? And what is the charge that is put above his head when he is crucified? Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. Jesus is humble, but he also knows what he is doing. The king is coming. This is a proud moment. The stage is set. Holy Week is about to begin. And so what? What difference does that make? Firstly, it tells us in really simple sort of action that if Jesus is humble, we are to be humble. This is the way of the Lord, the way of service. Remember what Jesus says when his disciples start bickering on the road about who will be greatest? The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We've seen in his life how he touches and reaches out to lepers, 
But then when the leper comes back to say thank you, he lifts the leper up and says, look, this is an example. This is the way to do it. When the woman that no respectable people want near him weeps at his feet and dries his feet with her hair, he doesn't just forgive her, he forgives her and holds her up as an example. This is how you love. When Zacchaeus pours out his generosity and says, if I've cheated anyone, I'm going to pay them back four times as much. Jesus says, look, today salvation has come to this house. The woman with an issue of blood, the man possessed by demons. This is how Jesus is. He serves. He is delighted to receive the last and the least and the lost, the one who will even kneel and wash his disciples' feet. He is the servant that we have been waiting for. And if we follow in his footsteps, then we are called to serve as well. And you know what? It's much harder than it looks. Because if you choose to love people, care for them, give them your time and your energy, seek to be like Jesus to them, then at least two things may well happen. Firstly, they may try to take advantage of you. And secondly, you'll probably never be rich and famous. This is difficult. But this is Jesus' way. He is our servant. It was revolutionary then. And just like all those wonderful things that Caroline said about the project, it is revolutionary now. Our culture tells us incredibly powerfully, incredibly often, that the end and goal of all our lives is fame and fortune is to be rich and successful and famous and, and have reached the goals that we set and all those things. Jesus turns that upside down and says, if you follow me, this is the way of service. Humble, but proud. Proud because we belong to the King. Humble but proud because we are his children. We are those who have been accepted. We are his sons and his daughters. And you know what? This is what saves us from being doormats. Because if you serve, you put yourself in that position where you can be taken advantage of. And yes, we are called to serve because he served but we are also the children of the king. And because we are the children of the king, we will not let people manipulate, exploit, or abuse us, because that is not the way of the king. We belong to him, and we are proud to call ourselves children of the king. 
and in a culture which so easily undermines our self-worth and our self-esteem. This is what enables us to stand tall. You and I belong to the King. We are proud to belong to him. Here and now we belong to him and one day everyone will see that we belong to him. St Paul writes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. You will be revealed as a child of God. Be humble because Jesus was humble. Be proud because you belong to the King. You belong to him here and now. Don't let people push you around. Don't let people make you feel small. Don't let people make you feel less. You are a son or a daughter of the King. Humble and proud. He is our servant king, and we belong to him. Amen. Claude is going to lead us in a time of prayer.